Hi there. Hello to you from Toronto. Salam, Dustan Aziz. Durud Bashamal. This is episode 268 of Rook. I'm Gian Gomeshi. It's been such an epic few months for Iranians around the world, full of heroes and villains, exhilaration, loss, and pain, that even heartbreaking events can get submerged in that cluttered refrain. But we lost an icon last week, and Dr. Firuz Naderi was a source of Iranian pride. We can't allow his untimely passing to wash by us without appreciation. We can't forget that amidst negative generalization, his life really was a global Iranian inspiration. In a world filled with adversities, where circumstances often shape destinies, there are individuals whose stories rise above the ordinary, and we are dedicating today's program and our guests to Fidus Naderi. His journey began in the humble backdrop of a modest family in Iran. He grew up witnessing a stark contrast between his dreams and opportunities that are often gone, but it was that very backdrop that kindled the fire within him, igniting an insatiable curiosity about the world beyond his reach. He nurtured a relentless determination to rise above his circumstances and pursue his passion for science to enter a breach. His brilliance propelled him into the realm of space exploration. With an unyielding spirit and sharp intellect, he embarked on an awe-inspiring journey at NASA, where he played a pivotal role in numerous groundbreaking missions. From the Mars Rover program to the director of the Solar System Exploration at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, his achievements represented the pinnacle of scientific accomplishment. He would revolutionize our understanding of the cosmos, sparking hope for a brighter future. But beyond his scientific prowess, Firuz's humanity and compassion became beacons in his remarkable journey. Despite his towering achievements, he never lost touch with his roots, always remembering the struggles and aspirations of his fellow Iranians. He was generous. He tirelessly worked to inspire and uplift others, sharing his knowledge and experiences to nurture the next generation of scientists. His humility and empathy remind us that greatness is not merely measured in accolades, but in the impact we have on the lives of others. With his untimely absence, Fidus Naderi leaves behind an irreplaceable void in the hearts of the Iranian diaspora. His story resonated deeply with those of us who understood the challenges of straddling multiple cultures, showcasing that identities need not be mutually exclusive. His absence is acutely felt, but his legacy continues to empower countless individuals to push boundaries and strive for excellence. And nor was his journey devoid of struggle and anguish, particularly when it came to the Iranian regime in power. His deep-rooted anger and profound resentment towards the regime stemmed from witnessing the stifling of intellectual freedom, the suppression of human rights, the hindrance of progress in his homeland. As a proud Iranian-American, Firuz made it clear that he yearned for a different Iran, one where the immense potential of his people could flourish under an enlightened leadership. But rather than succumbing to despair or resignation, he channeled his frustration into action. While his anger burned fiercely, especially in the recent months during the Iranian uprising for freedom, it was not absent of hope. He became one of our symbols of resistance, advocating for change, inspiring others to rise against oppression. I didn't know him well, 
I had the occasion and honor to meet him a few times, and I interviewed him, of course, on this program. But I knew enough to be inspired by his tale. His story stands as a testament to the indomitable human spirit, encouraging us all to rise above adversity, challenge oppressive systems, and pursue our dreams with unwavering passion. And yes, he had his detractors, and those who wanted him to stay away from opinions and politics comes with the territory. But maybe it wasn't every single thing that he said and did, but that he consistently tried. He was a scientist, a humanitarian, a teacher, and a source of Iranian pride. In the end, he did just about as much as we could possibly ask any community icon to do. Dearest Dr. Fidus Naderi, this one's for you. Hi there, it is June 15th, 2023, and this is episode 268 of Rook. I am Gian. Hello to you from our Rook studio in Toronto, Saddam Dustan. Hope you're doing well wherever you're tuning in from around the world. We are on our ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. Hello, Super P behind the soundboard. Hello. And hello, Smart Pega here in the Rook studio. Hello. Um, this show is, is, as I said there in the essay, is dedicated to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's a remembrance, it's a tribute, I suppose, uh, to Dr. Feeders Naderi, who we lost less than a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm really, actually, I, we've got three people coming up that I, I, I'm really grateful to them for uh, different perspectives they'll bring on um, Dr. Naderi's life um, and his import to the um, global Iranian community, mm-hmm. what he has meant to us. Uh, Banafshe Akhlaqi is going to join us from San Francisco. I don't know if you were with the show when we had Banafshe on as a feature guest. I don't think so. Because it was early on. Yeah. It was actually one, one of the times we had Feeders and Adrian on. It was mm-hmm. right, in the, right in the beginning of our first year of our show. It was about three years ago. She And at the time, she was also a professor of constitutional law um, and I think it was the, in the middle of the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. so we were talking about that as well. She's a human rights attorney. She's an educator. She's a social entrepreneur. Uh, she's based in the in the Bay Area in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Um, a really, um, I would say, a, 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 a very important and, and dynamic member of the Iranian-American community. Right. She's done incredible stuff in terms of uh, defending, advocating for the rights of Iranian and Middle Eastern people, especially after 9-11. Mm-hmm. If you remember when they were rounding up everybody, yes. um, of who basically anybody who looked anything like <laughs> who they presumed the terrorists were, right. including Iranians and uh, people of all kinds of Middle Eastern backgrounds, she was the one you know, defending them, getting mm-hmm. them out of jail, et cetera. So Ben Afshah around that time, got to know Fidus Naderi because he was also advocating for people of Iranian background. So she's known him for about 20 years. Uh, They're personal friends, but they've also worked together in this this advocacy capacity. So she will join us Mm -hmm. first up from San Francisco to give her thoughts. Then um, I love the story of Mehrzad Sajadi. I mean, I I would want Sajadi, Super P, is that right? Yes, it's right. I don't know how you Mashadi people say these things. 
Yeah, how do you how do you exactly is it sajadi? Sajadi. Yes. That's what I was Well, first yeah. she says it's fine. <laughs> this is she doesn't think I can learn and evolve as a human. So sajadi. Yes. All right. Okay. Merzad Sajadi. Yes. I love I love his story. He's a technologist and an entrepreneur. He's the founder uh, and CEO of Enflux AI. Mm-hmm. Like he's this AI guy, right. you know, super accomplished, mm-hmm. very successful. Worked at NASA wow. for a few years, still under the age of thirty. Incredible. How does that make you feel? I mean, way to make me feel <laughs> underaccomplished here. I think he's super <laughs> P's age, so same level of accomplishment. Uh, right? He's actually two years older than me. Oh, right. oh okay. So, so you've got I'm two years. Okay. Yeah. So you got two years to become a NASA <laughs> yeah. uh, star. Uh, anyway, the story is that I guess he started working at NASA and realized mm-hmm. that he was in the same uh, area. He'd always known of Feeders Not Their right. since he was a kid growing up in Iran. Comes to the U.S., starts working at NASA. He's in the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, mm-hmm. the, J- the JPL, as the I know JPL. it. The JPL, okay. I just know that from researching, but the JPL. He was in the right. JPL, and uh, and then he goes, "Oh, I, I should reach out to that icon, that celebrity mm-hmm. guy. You know, he works in the same area." And, and then uh, Fears Nadiri responds and becomes his mentor. You know, wow. basically they have this relationship where he kind of mentors him and and gives him advice and helps him mm-hmm. out. And even after Mersad Sajjadi, yes, thank you. <laughs> Confirmation. Keep your microphone on. It's okay. Uh, uh Even after he uh, left NASA, mm-hmm. Dr. Peter Snodgery continued to be his mentor and help him out. And so we know that about him, that he's got this mentor right. role. He's a philanthropist. He was a mentor, etc. Um, and then Dr. Mohamed Tajdulati, who for those who Iranian Canadians will perhaps know his name because he's been a journalist mm-hmm. um, both in Iran and here in Toronto for many, many years. I think he's been a journalist for over 40 years. Oh, wow. Um, he's not under 30, <laughs> but but uh, but very accomplished. Uh, and he uh, actually is now the, uh, I think he's the founder and the CEO of Persian Mirror, mm-hmm. which is an online news uh, magazine. So he'll give us uh, pers- uh, he'd met uh, Dr. Nadri a few times and he can give us sort of a broader perspective right. on the importance of Feeders Nadri as well. It'll be so interesting to hear, um, you know, from different perspectives. You have the mentee, you have a friend, and then you have someone who's a little bit looking at it from the outside, so removed, to speak. Yeah. So it'll be yeah. interesting, yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, so that is uh, the, our episode coming up and, and I hope you guys stick around for it because these, these are all... Uh, I remember Benafshah Lahi being one of our favorite guests when we did that interview. She's so eloquent uh, mm-hmm. and she's and, and accomplished, and she's quite she's very brilliant. It makes sense that she and Peter Snodgery were friends. <laughs> so in the meantime, when uh, uh, there was there's always difficult news coming from yes. Iran. We were uh, celebrating our third anniversary of Rook, which actually technically was a couple weeks ago or mm-hmm. whatever, but we did. We had the celebration last week. Yes, we did. It was fun. It was wonderful. Coincided with your birthday as well. We, yes. Which was great. It was Celebrated great. It was really fun. everything all together. The, the cake I got said Rook Media on it. It didn't say Gion. Did it? Yeah. Did it say? Oh, did there was a Gian yeah, car on exactly. it. Exactly. There, there was a. There was a Gian car yeah. on it, and I thought on the bottom of it it said "Happy Birthday." Folks who don't know, uh, uh, my name happens to be the same name. Non Iranians, perhaps listening, mm-hmm. my happen, my name happens to be the same name as a shitty car <laughs> from the nineteen seventies. Uh, was it always a shitty? No, car? No, I think it was actually a good, a, a decent car. Say. 
think you do you even know about that? I actually you've never I seen one. Have, no, I, no, I I saw a Jean in Iran, but I don't have lots of information about. But from it what I understand, I was it was it wasn't a shitty car. There to are begin people with. who really it like just, it. You know. Yeah, they. Re- I mean, to me, it looks like a. You know, it kind of just looks like a clunker. But I, that's <laughs> part of it's part of my humor. A, you know. I mean, I wasn't named Rolls Royce. You know, I was named Jean. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were just like. Uh, uh, actually, it's Shida Gian. I'm not. Was, I'm not named say, after yeah. the car, but it's funny for me that there's a car that's. Uh, uh, it kind of looks like a. I, mean, I don't know. It looks like a Lada, like that. That. What's a Lada? Lada is like a Russian car that was always known as a lemon. Like it was. Okay. A, it's kind of a box with wheels. I, I, I know that people have a tremendous emotional attachment to yeah, Gian's too. These cars. Do. But uh, anyway, so there was a picture of the car. There was a little. Uh, a actually, a Gion. candy Gion yeah. on top of the, and then Rook Media. Rook Media, yeah. microphone, and oh. then I thought there was your name on it somewhere. I was pretty no, sure there was, there was a, like no. a happy birthday no. Gion somewhere on it. No, nothing. Well, nonetheless, yeah, I thought the cake okay. was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, yeah, these parties are great because like, um, you know, and we, and we, we had some dancing yes, and we, we celebrated and some I get amazing performances. The talented Anahita, you know, she's a real dancer. Yes. So then I dance <laughs> with her and I feel like I'm, you know. Yeah, also a dancer. Also a dancer. Because I mean, I'm pretty good. You yes, know, yeah. can hold my own. Gian's got some moves, right? But you know, when you dance with somebody who's actually a really good dancer, mm-hmm. then you look like a good. It's like dancing with the stars. <laughs> you know, <laughs> rubs off on you. Yeah. Then yeah. They, I mean, she, then people are like, oh, look at that couple dance, but they're really just yeah. seeing her dance well. But I'm near her. <laughs> good dancer by. <laughs> I'm a good dancer. I'm a, you know, I got the rhythm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I got the music in me. Um, we'll have to put some videos so, on. Yeah, Patreon. and, and uh, Kurosh Babai and uh, a mm-hmm. couple of our friends, Goldro Hamion and um, Reza Mamachi. There was wonderful, wonderful people who came and helped us uh, have a little celebration. And and some of our Patreon members, mm-hmm. this party was uh, made available to our our Patreon members who could who could were in the area and came out. So uh, finally. We met. Uh, finally, uh, we met some of our Patreon members in person, and we really appreciate you guys coming uh, and being part of it. All right. We are coming to you on rookmedia.com. It's there that you can link to all of our platforms. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, CastBox. If you want to see some visuals with Rook, switch over to YouTube right now. In fact, um, there's full interviews we, we have put up uh, in their entirety. Uh, on YouTube and uh, you can watch those there. If you'd like to uh, get your descriptions, your bulletins, uh, your messaging in both English and Persian, you can subscribe to our Telegram channel. Uh, and if you go to our website, rookmedia.com, we just mentioned our patrons, you can become uh, a Rook member through our Patreon page. And um, it's very simple. You go to our website, you just click on the support us. It leads you to the Patreon page. And for a few bucks a month, you become a subscriber. If you are a fan of the show, if you've been listening, if you're somebody who uh, has Rook as part of your weekly diet, we'd love you to become a Rook member and um, uh, become part of our crowdsourcing through Patreon. Parham. Parham. Can I say Parham if it's H-U-M? I think so. Parham. There's only still there's, there's no Parham, yeah. right? No. Parhom <laughs> Moaveni. Thank you to Parhom Moaveni for becoming a silver Patreon member. Thank you, Parhom. Thank you, Parhom. All right. Uh, let's get, before we get to our guests, let's do our Rook Roundup. And um, this is a, a quick roundup of the events and things happening in the Iranian diaspora. And um, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to lead off with the um, 
passing of Feeders Not Dirty. I am. I am. I mean, you know, I know that you just did your essay, which I was so moved by. And, you know, losing an icon like Feeders Not Dirty, the amount of um, outpour of emotions and um, tributes and things like that that I saw over the last week was just so heartwarming. But, of course, as usual, there's also a couple of individuals out there who... um, Shared some not so nice comments, I guess you could say. I was going through Twitter as usual, and there were a couple of people who. Well, were hang on a second, because at the end of the essay, I mentioned the the detractors that you mm-hmm. know, because I, I and I was talking about when you know when he was very outspoken about the 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 revolution and right. stuff. Obviously, regime types are not going to be a fan of, of his, you of know. Course. So there were probably bots attacking him or whatever. But also, you know, people have different political stripes. Mm-hmm. You know, but I didn't know in his passing there was also some. Yeah, well, this is what I was actually shocked by because I think, um, you know, typically when when individuals pass, especially within the Iranian community, there's not many people who will speak ill of the dead, so to speak, right? right? But when I was looking at um, at Twitter, there were a couple of comments that I noticed kind of questioning um, Firuz Nadiri's work. <laughs> and I was just... Not accomplished enough. Yeah, you yeah. know, I was just so appalled by it. Yeah. And there was one particular comment that I saw um, where someone was calling him out for referring to himself as an American. And I just thought, you know, th- this icon has yeah. just passed, and this is what we're, we're not not only that, but I, can you even think of someone who's given more of his life to exactly to being for to Iranians? I mean, his his charity work and all of. I mean, we'll be talking about this through this episode, but that's right. It's just so ridiculous to say something like that. Yeah. So I mean, you know, I just. I had to so you thought that. you would give these th- comments oxygen well, no, by I, talking about not them that I'm show. giving them oxygen, but more so that I just I wanted to share my disappointment that right. you know within the community there's there's still people out there who feel the need to say something voice their opinion right. like yeah. to that way. Yeah. But um, some again not so great news. Okay. I was also again on the same front, I guess. Um, there was there was the news of the passing of uh, or rather not even passing the killing of Puya Molai Rod. Oh. The 18-year-old... You know, I thought about doing the essay on this because, I mean, I, I wanted to do the tribute to Fears mm-hmm. Not Me, but this crushed me. Yeah. This, this, Keon's family... So, so sorry, to recap, you were probably going to do this. Yes. Keon Pierfalak, <laughs> 10-year-old... Go ahead, yeah. So, uh, on, um, I think it was last Saturday, uh, it was the 10th, or what would have been the 10th birthday of Keon Pierfalak, yeah. the, the young boy who was shot and killed. Um, and so, it was the anniversary of his death. He of the... A budding inventor, rainbow, yes, exactly. rainbows, and yeah. Um, and so somewhere near the cemetery, it seems, you know, some of his family members had gathered or they were going to go visit or something along these lines. Now, the, the report's not very accurate, <clears throat> but uh, Puya Molai Rod, his 18-year-old cousin of Kion's mom, I believe. So it's Kion's mother's cousin. Mm-hmm. He was near the cemetery and he was shot and killed. Now, the reports, uh, again, I don't know the details of how this happened, but um, we did hear of his of his death. And I just, again, like you said, I was crushed by the news to think that this family has gone through so much and continues to go through. And I don't know if you heard, and this, this was just today or the last couple of days, but his mom, uh, Keon's mom, mm-hmm. is now under house arrest. Yes, and she has been for some time. And uh, it, I mean, the whole thing is, like, it, it is... If the story of Keon isn't disastrous enough, yeah. then trying to get justice for your unjustly killed innocent kid mm-hmm. means your your family are members are killed or or detained or arrested or I mean it, it is it, you know uh, th- this is the part. I mean, 
I mean, we run out of things to say in terms That's of whether the actions of this situation in Iran. But, but that is, it is so profoundly sad mm -hmm. that the idea is, by the way, if a member of your family gets killed, even a kid who had nothing to do with anything, you know, other than being in the line of fire mm -hmm. accidentally, you better not say anything about it. You know, Forget. you better stay quiet, not even have a funeral. Well, that's what I was going to say. Forget about saying anything. You can't even mourn his death properly. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, we're going to shut you up and put the mother under house arrest and this and that. But you've got extended family going to pay tribute to this young soul who was killed yeah. in the line of fire. Absurd. And yet Absurd. He ends up being dead. Yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, you just we, we continue to say it can't get any worse. And yet it just continues yeah, to get worse profoundly sad yeah um the next thing i wanted to share thankfully isn't the news of passing or killing or anything okay. of that sort but um in a tweet on sunday reza pahlavi urged the european authorities to reconsider their current position and prescribe the irgc as a terrorist group mm. and so this tweet actually came on the heels of a french iranian group of lawyers who really sat down and looked at why the eu was saying you know it's difficult for us to put the IRGC as a terrorist organization and all of that. And they've actually come to the realization that there are, in fact, no legal obstacles for the EU to sanction the IRGC. Which we kind of knew. Well, we did. Like, but this yeah. is this is now, now it's official concrete right. fact. You know, they've, they've that gone excuse through. is now evaporated. Exactly. And if you remember, it was our buddy, Joseph Burrell, uh -huh. who had mentioned not our buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, just for the record, sarcastically, yeah, yeah, yeah. our buddy, um, saying that the move needs to be um, done by a ruling by the European court. So uh. all of those arguments are now pretty much flawed. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what the EU is going to counter with because that argument no longer holds right, any validity. Right. But I mean, of course, we've talked about this before. It's, you know, the European countries have historically um, priorita prioritized their diplomacy with Iran. Except and Sweden, right? Except for Sweden. Yeah. But I mean, again, even even to a certain extent, I, I I've become so bitter and so almost pessimistic mm. towards all of this with with the governments that I don't know. I'm really hoping that with with this new report, we'll see a yeah. little bit of shift from yeah. uh, from the. EU. Well, it's as a reason for bitterness. We you know we we haven't seen as much action as we would have wanted to. Yes, yeah. definitely. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about was um, an event that took place over the course of um, the weekend in. Um, LA, I believe. Lots of events took place. Well, yes, this a big one. <laughs> yes, um, it was called Liberty for ah, Iran. Yes, big um, is concert. Basically, it was a, right? yeah. I think it was a, it was a big concert. Right. Lots of artists. Yeah. Um, all in the name. The of LA Cognizanti of artists. That's right. Ebby and um, Farmaz Aslani mm -hmm. and uh, Leila Fouhar, Erfan. Um, there's a whole lot of names, so yeah. many actually. I'm I'm drawing a blank, yeah, yeah. but lots and lots of big names. <laughs> Did I mention Abby? No, there were <laughs> there's lots. There was lots. Uh, Shahi Najafi yes, was there, uh, that's right. and uh, a lot of different speakers. Mm -hmm. I know Shiva Nagar was an ambassador there, and Shali Zomaradi was there, yes. and and of course Reza Pahlavi. Reza Pahlavi yeah, was there. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, so I, I saw a lot of the videos and. Uh -huh. You know, as a production, I thought it was fantastic. It looked very nice. There was a really large crowd, and it, it seemed great. But I, and I don't know, I think, um, you know, maybe someone can shed some light you on this. You got a problem with it? I don't have a problem. I just, I couldn't understand what the event was for. Mm -hmm. You know, was it just a big concert? Were we raising awareness? Was there money being raised? I, and maybe it's because I wasn't there, and I only saw segments of oh, it. Oh, it's but, called Liberty for Iran. Right, but. Doesn't that explain to you what it's for? 
Sure, but if it's just a bunch of Iranian again, I, it's this whole thing. What do you with, want them to do? What do you? I, 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 mean, I think I'm, I'm I, grasping I know, at straws. Why, why here. are we against everything? <laughs> Stop that! No, I, I'm not. I'm not against everything. Uh, I think it's just you know, eight nine. Months a bunch in. of people got together and tried to do. How about this? Let me okay. try, let me reframe Let, it. All right. A bunch of people in LA said, "Oh my God, we should do something for the sake of Iran and right. bring a whole bunch of people together and you know try and do something inspirational and and unifying around Iran. Mm-hmm. And let's call up all of the artists and they'll donate their. I'm, I'm assuming they donated their right. their time and their and we'll have a big uh, a spectacle. Right. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with it. I all just right. my question is: Did we raise money? Did we raise awareness? Was there non-Iranians well, in the in I the mean, didn't audience. they raise awareness? I hope so. Outside of the Iranian community, my my whole thing is eight nine months, so many lives lost. Why oh, are we still sure. here? You know, for sure, for sure, that's all true. And also, uh, it, I don't think it was. I'm guessing it wasn't super politically diverse because I didn't see um, all the different opposition. No, leaders I think there. the only person I saw was Reza Pahlavi. Yeah. Right? I didn't. Yeah. And again, I only saw segments of it. Who got a rock star's welcome. The he last time did, I said that, did. of him being in L.A., getting a rock star, everyone said, oh, the, this show is totally pro Pahlavi. And I was like, <laughs> but he did. It's I mean, a, it's a fact. How do you, you know, I mean, the same thing happened again. Right. They love him in L.A. They Goes do. out on the stage and people go crazy. They do. I, I was actually, um, that was one of the first Bob clips Akamini. I saw. Yes, Don't Bob forget Akamini Bob Akamini. But he's not from L.A. No, he's from yeah. Toronto. How did he get on that stage? Does he know. does he play an instrument or something? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Let me think about that. <laughs> um, speaking of events, editor's note: he, he, Bob X, an amazing guitarist. He's our dear friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of events and L.A. Actually, Are we finishing that now? Sure. You I mean, trashed we can, the. I didn't the, trash the Liberty Free Run. Here we go. I'm gonna have people <laughs> hating on me. Being no, no, no. Like, you, no, calling no. Out Liberty it's a legitimate thing to do. You said. I just want to know yeah. exactly what this is for because um, because we can use these kind of events. Absolutely, for, uh, especially in that size. I think probably some of the organizers were, uh, I mean, I have a, yeah, I, I think, do, do you know Super B? Oh, Super B's asleep. No, you, I'm, I'm listening to the okay. conversation. All right, do, do you know what the uh, Liberty for Iran, uh, some of the, Pega, who actually does the news on the show, doesn't know what the event was for. <laughs> she didn't Google that part in Persian Twitter or whatever. No, you don't know. All right. uh, thank you, Super B. Go back <laughs> to your slumber. Um, <laughs> well, anyway, I thought it was great. I mean, I, 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 I know what you're saying. But yeah. that, people said the same thing about For Iran, the yes. Toronto one. Yeah. And, and there, was, there was definitely different voices on that. Mm-hmm. People kind of going, well... Uh, also, I don't know what the ticket price was in LA, but it was expensive here for some yes. people, and they thought, "Why are we doing this instead of, you know?" Yeah. Again, I just I think I'm having one of those days where, you know, eight nine months down the road from the losses that we've seen and, yeah. and the lives lost and the atrocities and everything, it's just it's a it's one of those days where a concert isn't at the top of my list. But you know, on the other on the other end of it, like it's like um, uh, Nagmaja was saying last mm-hmm. week about the Keon birthday. I mean, we did. We said the sad news about the family and everything, right. but but the impetus around that was actually a celebration. Mm-hmm. Was that we we shouldn't always be kamgin. We shouldn't right. always traffic and sadness and mm-hmm. and woe is us. Even as terrible as the situation is, that you know, a balanced approach means we got to do some celebrating. We got to do some some see the positive, and you know, that's an amazing night of amazing artists. 
uh, I haven't had a chance to watch all the videos and stuff, but I'm assuming everybody sang great and it was really they inspirational. Did. And so, you know. I have to yeah. say, even though I've now bashed the event and all of that, there, you didn't were, bash there, the there event, was a right. couple of videos that I saw that, that were really moving for sure. Right. Um, speaking of events, uh -huh. finally, and speaking of LA, actually, there's two events coming up that okay. I wanted to share. Yeah. Um, Shaheen Najafi is having a performance okay. on June 17th at the Grand Performances stage, I believe it's called. Okay. Uh, and then June 25th, Hamid Nikpe is having a oh. concert at Moore Park College. All right. So for those in the LA All area. All the cool kids. There's a lot of things to see. That's right. Fantastic. All Some right. great events. Uh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Very specific a couple of gigs in LA. You you were <laughs> well, you're the, speaking to the LA audience the today. Ones that are, uh, after you've told them that you don't appreciate their amazing event. That <laughs> I'm going to get some hate from LA people. <laughs> it's okay. You 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 asked. You wanted to make sure that when we're. I, I'm, why am I saving you? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Info at rookmedia.com. Pega Ganji. Dot com. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Let's get to our um, remembering Dr. Fidus Naderi and. Uh, and again, a great appreciation to all of these guests who are coming out and joining us. I think we have our first guest ready. My first guest is an Iranian-American civil and human rights attorney, educator, and social entrepreneur. Banafshe Akhlaqi is the president and chief executive officer at Akhlaqi Law, where she leads an international private law practice. She is a trusted advisor known for her expertise in environmental, social governance, human capital, risk management, and public policy. Uh, she was an attorney at the forefront of advocating for the rights of Iranians and Middle Eastern people in America after 9-11. And it is then that she first met Dr. Firuz Naderi and began a friendship that lasted 20 years. Banafshe has been a panelist and speaker on international media outlets such as CNN, NPR, BBC, uh, AP, and of course, Rook Media. And right now, Banafshe Akhlaqi joins me from the San Francisco area today. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me, Gianja. It's so nice to have you back in the program. I'm, I'm so sorry that it's under these circumstances. So first and foremost, my condolences to you and, well, our community, all of us, uh, on, on the loss of your dear friend. Really, it's a condolences to our community and the world. Um, and, you know, I think um, so many of us who, who knew Firuz as a friend would say that truly his legacy is beyond just our community the impact that he had as a life well lived i would say on so many so many arenas of life if i may i mean we we know firuz because of his uh strong scientific Morales leading global initiatives for NASA and and beyond. So we know him in that that sector right. of his life and his impact. He's well regarded, numerous awards and distinctions, sure. from top tier institutions, academic, scientific, other national organizations. But you know, I don't know how many know Firuz as a friend, know him as a, a strong um, admirer of the arts, for example, um, a man who 
whenever I needed him, I could call and he was there. And whenever he called, believe it or not, Gian, it was never for himself. It was always for someone else. Mm. It was always for someone who couldn't, um, was stuck at the border in Turkey or such and couldn't get into the U.S. and that individual needed help. Or they're a student here and there's something happening with their immigration documents. Or it's one of the tens of students that he had mentored um, mm -hmm. through their, their education and their careers that they needed assistance. It was always for someone else, you know? Let me stop you for a second because you're saying so much that I, I want to pick up on. I, uh, for, first and foremost, I mean, uh, where were you when you found out about the passing of fears last week? And I'm curious what you were, I mean, we knew about this this accident. We It had become common knowledge across the Iranian diaspora that that he was, you know, in a hospital and, and we had sort of hoped and expected that he was going to have a full recovery because there was a message in social media that had said that. What was your reaction? Um, and, and tell me about what you experienced last week when you found out that uh, that we had lost him. Well, you know, um, in this day and age, we've all learned not to necessarily believe everything on social media. Um, and so the first thing I did, it started to text mutual friends of ours uh, to see if anyone had the, the, the true information. And regrettably, it was true. And I have these texts, and if you could see just the, the way in which the responses hmm. were coming back of it's unfathomable, it's shocking, it's a complete heartbreak. You know, these are words that we express when someone is that close and, and has that kind of a magnitude in our lives. Mm. Um, I'll tell you, Jean, John, I still didn't want to believe it. Um, yeah. You know, the last friend, mutual friend that I reached out to, she was just in tears. I called, I didn't text, and then we were both uh, reduced to tears. You you knew him for about 20 years. Take, take us back to the, the first time you guys met. I'll share this, uh, definitely, but there are so many among us in the Iranian diaspora, particularly here in the U.S., that have these types of long relationships with Fidus. Right. I, I always say, um, always on the right side of history. And that was connected to humanity, connected to people. In the depths of my work after 9-11, uh, we met. And he was, of course, concerned for all that was happening in the United States all that was happening for those that were being impacted at that time, whether they were in the towers that came down in New York or were being now, um, uh, there was backlash against them because of race, national origin, or presumed religion. But his focus was very much on the Iranian Americans that I don't think would be surprising um, based on his heart towards Iran. Mm. And from then, every time there was any issue, 
related to an impact on Iranians and Iranian Americans, um, we were of course on the on the same uh, page, on the same side. One thing I'll I'll share, and I and I hope this gets broadly uh, picked up, Jean, is that Firuz was multidimensional as as we all are. He has gone on record, very public, um, to say that. You know, he's not a uh, a believer of religion, you know, doesn't have a, a strong pull in that sector. He diligently worked on behalf of those that were suffering, hmm. in particular children. So he worked through the Keep Children in School Foundation to make sure that kids from, you know, as rural um, of locations in Iran would have access to education, helped diligently to have children fed and clothed and housed, not under the umbrella of religion and faith, right? It was all from his humanity. Um, And then I wonder, you know, who's the more quote unquote religious person? for someone to have such a such a strong pull towards humanity and those that are um, less fortunate than us, maybe one of the ways that it was um, notable or surprising, and I don't want to stereotype um, people based on occupations, but we, he's a scientist. You know, we weren't yes. we weren't as used to seeing the, that kind of public advocacy done. You know, you just don't see it it's not it's not even as as expected it it's expected of of musicians and and political figures and and cultural figures and actors and even lawyers like yourself but not not necessarily amongst our engineers and our mathematicians and our scientists and the fact that he was so publicly out there as an advocate really kind of set him apart as well didn't it absolutely i mean he was very intentional about using his platform to be able to bring the most important conversations forward, whether they were in Iran, about Iranians, their plight, uh, or here in the U.S. uh, for Americans. So if you knew him, you would know that he always introduced himself as as an Iranian-American very strongly in both societies, in both cultures, and a yearning for justice in both locations. Um, But to your point, to have someone um, who is a a staunch scientist um, also have such a a strong heart for humanity and um, our humanity is, uh, well, listen, I have a very challenging time to refer to Firuz in the past tense. Mm. And I think individuals like him, um, you know, don't ever, ever leave us because of the impact that they have left, the fingerprints on so many people's lives, the, you know, individuals that he supported through their education, um, 
and and placement within their careers and making sure that their dreams were being manifested there an individual like that can't be in the past tense because you see them in all of these other forms i will say that his strongest time were these last several years outside of his career and um using his platform to voice the angst of people that said it wasn't always easy for him i mean one of the times they was on our show uh, you know but like this would like be three years ago now that we talked about polarization and social media and how you know he would take knocks for um taking a stance uh and people would sort of either say well who you know you're a scientist who are you to say these things or or accuse him of being with this group or this group or with the regime or whatever it was and this only got amplified during the uprising of the last nine months because of course he was very outspoken everybody knows that and and um he would take um you know barbs we know that um how how polarized the Iranian space can be and and um, uh, add in the toxicity of social media. And you could see it. I mean, um, in, in some of his tweets, he would say, I can't I can't believe the way you guys are reacting to what I'm saying. You know, um, three years ago, he was saying this is difficult. Do you have some insight into how the last few months were for him when he was as outspoken as he was? I don't have specific insights, um, but I can tell you I wouldn't have expected anything else but Fidu's being as outspoken. I mean, it would have been completely inauthentic for that human being Hmm. um, to be anything else and supporting on a a variety of ventures, um, you know, here uh, with the diaspora uh, in support of the movement there. Gian, and and you you probably have this as well personally, I've, I've had this too. You know, we have a tendency in not only in our culture, in the Iranian-American community or Iranian diaspora community um, or within Iran itself, but it's like a human, it's a human epidemic where because we don't agree with someone's point of view, because we may not see ourselves in their expression, because we we're not on common ground Mm. with them Mm. doesn't mean that they are evil doesn't mean that they are the antichrist doesn't mean that every horrific name that you can think of to stamp upon them and label them with is the pathway to truth um because there are all of those who know fetus and 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 alike that know it to not to be true knowing Fidus, he just let it roll off his shoulders because there was a there's a greater, larger vision yeah. than just himself. He did say he was hurt by it at times, but you know, it's not just his words that were inspirational. His story is is quite something. I mean he he's the definition of self made, right? Gotcha. I mean somebody didn't, you know, <laughs> crown him the uh, you know, an exec at NASA. I mean, he came from, yeah. he came from, uh, uh, you know, modest means in Iran and made his way to America and, and became this boy wonder. And um, that, that story in and of itself is, is something that I, I really believe we should respect and, and appreciate. And that kind of role model um, hopefully doesn't expire with, um, 
with him leaving uh, the physical uh, earth. It can't. It won't. And and Jean, uh, that's who he sought out to mentor as well. Those same types of stories where they've come from humble beginnings to support them along. You know, in, in one of our conversations, um, I remember we were speaking about uh, some project, and he said, you know, Banafsha, I I'm not wealthy. <laughs> I don't have the kind of money that um, some of, you know, some of the, the folks that I walk with or sit with have, mm. but whatever I have, um, I use. And that was, you know, whether it was his time, all, all resources, right? His time, his intellect, his influence, the people that he knew to open doors with and his sure also monetarily but he you know it wasn't as though that he he forgot his his beginnings um and it wasn't as though that he lived a lavish life now he lived a comfortable one i know i can't keep you too long let me i just uh, ask you a couple more questions i mean you say that when you would reach out to him he was always available um tell tell me if you can think of a situation of when you would have been seeking his attention, what it would be for and, and how he delivered on it. This is actually the first thought that's coming to mind. I'm wondering if I should share this Please do. in the Iranian community, but let me do. Um, you know, I was exploring a race for Congress in 2011 and yourself uh, for yourself to run. That's right. Uh -huh. And um, as I was, uh, in that exploration, um, members of our community sent out emails pretending to be me um, to others within the diaspora to, um, you know, not to, to taint my name. Oh, God, and I reached out to Firuz and I said, Firuz, did you receive one of these emails? And he said, I did. And I said, what did you do with it? He said, I just read the first line and I... I put it in the trash where trash belongs. Hmm. And that's Firuz. That's Firuz. I'm sorry you went through that. That's a, um, what a story. Uh, but, but not surprising to, I'm sure, most people uh, listening. Um, amazing, too, that he always had time for you. And he, he, you know, he's kind of a, I don't even know how he did all the things he did. Um, because he was sort of overseeing things not on this planet as well as on this planet and, and appearing at um, functions and, and uh, uh, tweeting and kind of uh, being everywhere. He had a certain um, omnipresence, which makes it that much more difficult to think that he, he is one of those people that you just kind of expect to be around. It resonates when you say it's like you couldn't believe it. It's not something to imagine to not have Dr. Finus Naderi as, as part of us. Um, talk to me before I let you go about what you, you said some words off the top, but what you feel we've lost as a community in broader terms, uh, what kind of spaces whole is left with the loss of Firuz Nadiri to the global Iranian diaspora? Jian, I've got to say this in Farsi because I, I don't really have the straight translation in English. But someone like him, Hayfood, 
do you know what I mean? Hayfoot. Um, logically, we all know this, that we all have our own time. Um, and no one knows when is that time. Uh, but someone like him, listen, this, the areas that you just named uh, that you could see him at, that's just where he was. We, you don't, we don't even know how much he did uh, in private right. for people. Um, you would have never known just that one vignette that I just shared with you as he was for me in private. There were many of such moments. Um, people would reach out to me and say, you know, Dr. Nodari said uh, that you would be open to speak to me. And I think, when did he have the time <laughs> to talk to this individual or that individual to connect them up? It's like he was a network of good. Mm. Um, so what is the what is that space? What's that hole? You know, um, I think most people that know him would say it was never for himself. It was never for his, for an ego. It was never for, um, for he to gain in some way personally. Um, I don't know how many of us out there do life that way. Hmm. Um, but it's that hole to be filled. Um, we have a, many individuals who are in technology, whereas where he, you know, transitioned into naturally yep. um, uh, with technology com companies, advising AI companies. There, there, there are many in that in those spaces. And by the way, the person who's coming up right after you, Mersad um, Sajati, is somebody who's. A young man that for whom fears was a, a mentor who's mm -hmm. now you know Forbes 30 under 30 and mm -hmm. but he but he says his role model was fears thought there and he got to meet him uh, um, because they both worked at NASA so I mean uh, it's exactly part of what you've been saying is borne out by the actual guests we've we even you know you start looking around and you find these people whose lives he's touched you know that's it that's that's why he's lived a good life and that's why he can't be spoken about in the past tense Final question to you. What will you remember him for on a personal level? There's so many thoughts that are going through my mind. Um, Where did your mind go first? <laughs> it first went to the first time we met in New York. Then the next uh, thought was um, at, with Michelle Obama and at the White House. Um and then, you know, the rest of it. I think what I will miss most is the um, honor that he brought to our community, um, how proud we are of such a figure. Hmm. And he displayed in life form what's possible, literally to the moon and back. Hmm. I so appreciate you taking the time and um, giving us your personal insights and, and remembrances. Thank you for this. Thank you. Thank you for honoring me with this. Khodafis. Khodafis.
This is Rook episode 268, Remembering Dr. Fidu's Naderi. Well, my next guest is an impressive individual who not only knew Dr. Naderi, but also drew immense inspiration from him as Firuz Naderi played a major mentoring role in his life. Mehrzad Sajati is an Iranian-American technologist and entrepreneur with a demonstrated history of working in academia, industry, and government. He has, despite his notable youth, already accomplished remarkable feats in the field of technology. He's the founder and CEO of Enflux AI, which uses AI to learn the steps in manual manufacturing processes to train human operators. The company has clients such as NASA and the U.S. Space Force. So before founding Enflux AI as a NASA spin-out, Mersod joined NASA, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, as part of the Europa Clipper Systems Engineering Team. More recently, he's been a co-investigator on a multi-million dollar NASA research grant for futuristic artificial intelligence systems. Mersod received his master's degree in computer science from the Georgia Institute of Technology, and he was featured in the Forbes 30 Under 30 just last year and right now. Mehrzad Sajadi joins me from Chennai, India today. Hello, sir. Hi, Jianjian. Thank you so much for the kind introduction, and thank you for having me today. Pleasure to be here. It's a great pleasure to have you on the show, and on another day, we'll have to do a, a proper interview about your remarkable life so far. But first and foremost, I'm sorry for the loss of your friend and and mentor in Dr. Naderi, what, where were you perhaps when you first heard the news of his passing last week and what was your reaction? I was in LAX. Uh, it, it was actually right before my flight to, to India. I was sitting uh, in the lounge just preparing for my flight, getting some work done. And I opened up my phone. I read the news. You know, I, I, I knew what was going on with his accident and all, and but I thought it's not that bad and it's going to be okay and then after reading the news i thought well i I read it on bbc which is most of the time pretty credible but still i actually exit him and i said uh please tell me this is not true and uh unfortunately i didn't hear back and my tears started falling as i started to write a little bit about him and as i started to go over the memories and the impact and the amount of kindness and mentorship he offered me. I'm, I'm not a type of guy that cries every day and nothing against crying. I just don't do it quite often. And uh, the guy next to me at, at LAX uh, uh, reached out asking me if I was okay. Yeah, that, that was a that was a moment. I don't think I'm ever going to forget that, that moment in time. You're a very impressive guy, um, but You've said you were in awe of Fidu's Nadri long before you met him. You had said you'd heard about this guy your whole life. What did you know about him before you ever met him in person? You know, this this gentleman that was an amazing scientist and had led complex projects, impactful projects. Uh, I was always in love with space since I could read when I was a kid and um I always follow the news about the space programs and, of course, the excitement that all those space programs had for the Mars landers and those eight minutes of terror, as they are called. Uh, many, many years ago, I still remember watching the footage from 
the ground control station at JPL, where they were showing free rules and that, you know, period of time where there is no communication between ground control and rover that's in Mars due to the physical distance, speed of light can't travel faster than that eight minutes. I was always impressed by him. And because of the heritage and the fact that, you know, he was Iranian American and he was in LA and he had studied electrical engineering at USC, I always, you know, find those those role models that you can relate to and something about their story resonates with you to be to be extremely powerful uh motivators because you think you're in awe by what they've done but at the same time you think if if i work really hard and get lucky maybe i can also get close to that um and and uh i was definitely in awe with all that Dr. Nadari has done in his life. As I was going to say, I mean, it's a, a, not to get tangential, but you've said something really interesting. Actually, you left me a message at some point saying you you firmly believe in having role models in general, either real or fictional. Um, and as somebody who has been extremely successful, uh, uh, you know, at, at uh, I guess you're still under 30, right? You're still in the Forbes uh, 30 under 30. That's, so that's I'm true. curious what, what um, I mean, you were reflecting on it a little bit there. Um, and I'll, obviously we'll get into how Fidus Naderi became a role model in person, but even from afar, what, what does a role model like him due to your own ambitions what, what was it about somebody like him existing because this is to a certain extent the story of the iranian diaspora and why we want iranians um playing the characters in the movies or or actually being the examples that we can we can look to because presumably we believe that this affects young people and and their trajectory can you speak to that in general Oh, certainly he does. He had this talk from Shiraz to Mars. I think it was something along those lines and how he had a very humble beginning and started studying. He was passionate about telecommunication and antennas. You know, being able to connect to that story, which is, oh, this guy was born in the same country that I was born in, came to the States, went to the university, Reading his biography, I've always loved reading biography because there, there are different dimensions that you can resonate with and you can learn in many cases from others' mistakes or you can be inspired by the challenges or the obstacles that they've gone through. And for him, as an immigrant coming here to the States, um, making a life and contributing to the science community as well as, you know, uh, social causes was, was extremely powerful to me because I also came from that background. I didn't have a family when I when I came to the U.S. Literally no one, no parents here, no cousins, nothing. So imagine you, you, you go to a country or an entire continent and you don't know anyone. I figured if he could figure it out and, and get to where he got, at least I have a shot. Maybe there are a lot of things that, that are different. So it is possible for someone from from Iran who's not a billionaire to to come here to this land of dreams and dream and dare the mighty things. And at some point, if they work really hard and get lucky, they might achieve those those mighty things. And and that was truly inspirational. Yeah. 
In 2017, you start working at NASA in in the JPL, Jet Propulsion Laboratory, and this is where Firuz Nadiri was also working. And you end up cold messaging him, like you you end up just sort of. Yes. Uh, um, <laughs> I got to JPL, and, and I think I was there for a few months. And so at JPL, um, unfortunately, they use Microsoft product. They use Outlook. The thing about Outlook is within your organization, you can type up the name of individuals and it gives you the email of that individual in that organization. Because if, I don't think his email was public. I don't think that's that was that was a thing, but I put it his name into the Outlook and his email came up. Like, oh shit. Uh, okay, so I can I can actually email him. And uh, there might be a greater than zero probability for him to, to respond. You hadn't run into him in the lunchroom or something. This is presumably a big building, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, never, never had seen him. Nothing, zero interactions. And I thought, I have this opportunity that, and I would regret it if I don't try it. And it's sure it has probability of success because chances are he's getting spammed uh, by a lot of different individuals reaching out to him mine will just go to his spam folder but but i tried nonetheless he responded the same day said yeah let's let's meet up uh introduced me to his uh assistants set up a time went to his uh went to his office at that time he was actually retired but he was still uh consulting um at jpl for various projects i went to his office we started talking about different things said from you know my background and he just started to you know provide value and be an amazing mentor whether that was how you should navigate your professional career here at jpl or like what do you want to do like outside of work what makes your heart sink right what are you passionate about and uh, at that time i was considering whether i should go to grad school and and and, and get into a phd program or whether i wanted to work at JPL and hang on a second I want to get to that but I'm curious how do you go from that initial meeting in his office which sounds nice and cordial and whatever to him becoming this ongoing mentor I think the first one the, I started background this is me I worked on this project so we went from background to what are you interested in what do you want to do he was asking me questions to figure me out and understand what my personality is what do I want from from life what have I done what am I willing to do and then at the end of it we just um, set up another time so we grabbed lunch another day um, at, at Caltech and then it became this recurring meeting where we would talk for a few minutes once a week on different topics he was interested to help me figure out whether I want to stay at APL or whether I should leave to start Enflux in addition to the whole PhD conversation. So he wasn't necessarily giving you like tech advice or talking about, you know, talking shop in terms of what you were actually doing at NASA. He was giving you life advice as well, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was all life advice. So Dr. Nader, he himself was extremely well-educated um, and technically savvy, but I think his, his biggest strength was actually in managing complex projects, working with amazing engineers that, that are at uh, that are at JPL and I was lucky to also work with them. So he was he was helping me figure out how to go through the EQ questions and how to navigate an organization 
with your soft skills. And if you have someone that's super smart or you have a team, how should you work with them? What should you prioritize? How should you communicate? Um, he rarely had conversations like a deep tech dive on this set of things. He, he was understanding them at, at a high level, like you know, what AI is or what my work was, but his knowledge was, was so valuable at the abstract level of organization or life that, that we most of the time spend talking about those things. Diddy, I mean, this may be a weird question to ask, but what was was the vibe that he was a like a father or um, a, a senior important person or a colleague? What was how did he I mean, I know I know you're not going to tell me that he he um, acted like he was some sort of diva or something because uh, nobody has said that to him, especially about in terms of his work and my own dealings with him. He's a very modest uh, guy in terms of what he would say. But tell me what the vibe was like with you two. I think it was it was really those two categories. I don't know if it falls in either of those. Maybe maybe closer to a to a mentor and a friend, but not not from the perspective of oh, I have so much knowledge and wisdom, and let me just you know pour them onto you uh, type thing. It was more of a first of all, I think an enormous amount of curiosity to figure out okay, who are you. What do you do? What have you done? Why are you here? And why do you want to do that next? And oh, okay, so as you're doing that next, you should think about X, Y, Z. And oh, have you have you thought about B? I think curiosity was was the biggest driver of those conversations because he had no other incentive. It wasn't like I was paying him. It wasn't like he was given responsibility because at that point he was fired to come to JPL. And you know, provide some consulting, but he was doing mentorship out of, I think, love or or maybe a sense of I, I wanna I wanna give back to my community. And maybe he saw me as a young um, Iranian engineer that is trying to figure things out. And maybe he saw like his younger self in me and thought, okay, maybe I can help this guy figure life out. And I think those those were the things that there was really no other incentive from his side, monetary or reputationally. Yeah, he yeah. was genuinely curious. Yeah, to, to and and interested to help and and give back. I I love the story of his mentoring you to n- not finish or not go for your PhD. Uh, I, I love that because obviously, as we all know, in the Iranian. Uh, um, community in the global Iranian diaspora. There's so much emphasis placed on uh, doctor, engineer, get your PhD, education, tasil kader, all of that. And um, sometimes, and not always, of course, but sometimes it's forced uh, upon young people and it isn't necessarily the best route. And I love that this very um, wise, educated pillar of our community was telling you, his mentee, well, actually, you don't need to do a PhD. Tell, tell me that story. Yeah, so so one of the biggest topics, I think there were really two things. One was, should I continue to work here or am I am I better off as an entrepreneur? And this was related to this other question, should I go down a PhD path or continue what I'm doing now? And uh, he thought, okay, well, that depends a lot on many factors. It would work for a lot of individuals who are interested in, in research and, and want to do um, publications. But 
knowing you and, and, and hearing the things that I'm hearing from you, I, I don't think PhD is the right path, even though he himself had a PhD and, um, and, and it can still work for a lot of people. But I think he saw that I have the, the type of personality that, that needs to move really fast might be due to my amount of patience. And in the PhD program, you, you may work on something for four years, five years to have the paper, which could be again very valuable, but for my type of personality, but when I'm trying to have impact in a short period of time, neither NASA nor PhD was actually a good fit. And, and he helped me realize that. He helped me realize the level of impact that I wanted to have was not achievable at NASA because projects take a decade. We literally work on Mars rover from inception until landing, if it's successful for 10, 15 years, same thing for PhD. So, so he told me if, if you want to learn the things that you want to learn. So he knew that I was extremely passionate about learning. I didn't want to give that up. He believed that in this day and age with the tools that are available, online tools, courses, etc., I, I could learn the things that I want to learn and have the impact that I want to have by being an entrepreneur and uh, and starting Influx. And he was really the last person that pushed me to um, not continue the PhD path when I was on the fence considering it. And also to leave NASA. I mean, you make this spectacular decision for a guy in his 20s to leave a, a really significant gig that you had at NASA uh, and you stay in touch with him after you leave NASA and, and he, he gives his blessing to you going the entrepreneurial route. Tell me about that. Yeah. You know, that, that decision was a, was a tough one. Um, not for me, uh, but at least on the surface, um, my dad called me crazy. Like what, what, what do you mean you're leaving NASA? Like, what's, are you okay? Um, are you on something? But the reason that it wasn't making sense for me was because of, you know, I, I didn't have the patience, quite, quite honestly, to wait 10 years and see the results of my work potentially explode in a matter of minutes. I mean, if you think about it, you, you work on these amazing rovers, these amazing pieces of engineering, and they're really mesmerizing the amount of, you know, details and, and engineering that goes into them. But you have to get millions of things exactly right exactly right not even a single thing can go wrong because if it does things blow up and a decade of work is gone and that works for for many and it works for many scientists and it works for many engineers and we are here as a society for them because a lot of innovation happens because yeah. of yeah. those those individuals yeah. but but it wasn't for me and he helped me through his curiosity and questions and why, why to, for me to realize that. And, and, and when I, when I did, um, you know, he helped me navigate through that phase. We started Enflux and, uh, he came to our office. So our offices are about 15 minutes, um, west of, uh, JPL, west of, uh, NASA's lab. And he came there, uh, and, uh, he was, uh, there was a, a first person that signed our frame. So we have this thing on the wall, we call it the IPO frame, so that uh, when we take Influx public, we can take that uh, as part of the celebration and 
everyone who has contributed to um, in, in our journey as their signature and what NFLEX means to them as part of their signature. And he, he signed that, I think it was 2019 or 20, I, I have to look at the date, and, and said, uh, feed your crazy. Hmm. Uh, that was uh, that that was his uh, his advice. Um, and you know, for for someone at, at his age and his his experience and background, still being that open uh, and saying that, yeah, man, you should you should take the risk. I think this makes sense. For I was going to say, what, and, what what does feed your crazy mean to you? Well, well, his thing was he was uh, seeing a, a, a crazy in me in the way that I was looking at things. Uh, I think it was a compliment, uh, <laughs> hopefully it was. Um, and uh, and his thing was you shouldn't, that he, his belief was that's your fire, that's, that's your crazy and you should not let go of that. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't think he ever let go of his. I think he always had his crazy uh, and, and his fire. Uh, he, he never let that let that die, and and when you when you spoke with him, which I, which I know you have, you you could feel it. You could still feel that inner child, that that curiosity and that that craziness, um, in a in a good sense. Um, so, yeah, feed, feed your crazy, and uh, that's uh, that's my motto. Uh, one of the things that um... I had a few interactions with him. I was lucky enough to have a few. And in, 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 in an interview I did with him, one of the things we talked about was the nature of the polarization of society and social media. And, you know, more recently, especially, he he had put some political views out there. He was intensely, of course, against the regime in Iran. And because of that, he got some clap back he got some backlash he got some uh you know there were uh, people talking about him being organized involved with this organization or another or whatever um and he kind of turned into this uh, avatar for some of 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 the, the the kind of attacks that come come along with being a public person uh, how did you observe that as somebody who was dealing with him on a much more personal and professional level to see the way he would get treated sometimes in the social media sphere yeah, he, he he would find it. He would find this um, perception, I guess, absurd that you're a scientist, you're an engineer, and you're not supposed to have political view. Um, which I agree with. I, I think um, if if your life has been or is being affected by politics and policy, which is true for everyone. You get to have an opinion and 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 that's that's the basis of, of democracy and and you know uh the representative um democracy that you're in and and he was very very sad for um um for for the situation especially for young adults students every single opportunity that he could get to um give back to or, or 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 contribute in a positive way to students or kids or or um, university students uh, in Iran. He was doing it. He he sent me after we started influx um, on a on a monthly basis almost different resumes or connecting me with mm. different Iranian students, international students that have come here to the states, and he was trying to help them out because those students have to pay 
high international salaries. They have it's it's a very 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 tough life being on on international student visa, and he was trying to help them out. Again, these were not things that when you think about the motivation, he had no other motivation that, that I can think of besides genuinely wanting to right. help those individuals because right. he wouldn't get on, on, on a tree bone and saying that, hey, I have heard Mr. X and Mrs. Y find a job or I'm getting a commission, right. nothing, no no reputation, no show, no money. And, and I think that's unfortunately a rare thing. Um, these days that, that you can find someone that's doing the good for the sake of their own genuine interest in helping mm. humanity and, and helping the Iranians. So certainly he was not happy for you know for the for the situation in Iran and scientific effects that that that, that, that have been happening and tried to What was the last time you spoke to him? March this year. I guess you would have had no sense at all at that point that a couple months later, we'd be sitting here talking about his passing. Life is unpredictable, and uh, I guess the only takeaway is to to give back and and to love honestly um, and and genuinely, without uh, without having any expectations of return. That's the uh, that's the biggest thing that I've learned from from Hiru's. Just he he taught me a lot in in. Um, about organizations managing um, complex projects, etc. But but in reality, what I learned was the meta of his behavior wasn't necessarily the words that he was saying about how you know organizations or complex projects are done, but rather why he was doing it and why he was doing it with me. Um, and and to me, that's that's really. That's really powerful, and and um, I'll I'll try to do that as much as I can at my own scale, um, and and keep his keep his legacy from the thing that I've learned. I was going to say, I guess the the role model continues, and in, in that you you can pick up the mantle of being the kind of mentor that he was to you to to new generations as you go through your journey. That's the hope. And if I can do, if I can do a tenth or probably even a hundred, not less, of what he had done for the entire society. So you look at scientific contribution, engineering contribution to not just Iranians, because space programs serve and have served everyone. In addition to that, Iranians, because he was seeing that um people from his country um were were you know were in a disadvantageous position so he was trying to um extend extend the hand um so so having even a hundred of that impact would uh would make me happy so i hope uh at some point in my life i can i can get to that Marisad Sajati, I know it's uh, it's late in India. Uh, I really appreciate you making the time. I know you wanted to do this for your your dear friend and and, and mentor who has passed. I I, um, I really appreciate you being part of this tribute, and I hope I hope we'll have you back on soon. Thank you, Jean. Thank you for letting me uh, on on your show. I appreciate it, and looking forward to connecting again soon. Khodafis.
is Rook, episode 268, Remembering Dr. Firuz Naderi. My next guest has walked into the Rook studio. He is an Iranian-Canadian editor and writer who's been a journalist for more than 40 years. He has worked in print, radio, television, and online media for everyone from Salom, Toronto, to Iran International. He has a PhD specializing in sociology that he got in Paris, and he's currently the CEO and editor-in-chief of the Persian Mirror online news magazine, Dr. Mohammad Tajdalati joins me in the Rook studio. Hello, sir. Hello, Jian. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great pleasure to have you here. We've known each other for a long time. Long First time, time on Rook. Do you Rook. remember? Do, Do you I? remember the time, you know, we met? each other I've tried to block time. out all memories of you but <laughs> okay. sadly I think I do remember I will remember you it was in 2006 oh okay. at the event uh, the Persian Circle a non-profit organization uh-huh. organized an event for tribute to the Iranian Canadian Academia ah. that was the first time you know I met you when he I was the director of the Persian Circle at time and you came to that event as an MC, and it was a successful I event. think I remember that event, and I thank you so much for reminding me of it. And I, I just feel like I've known you forever. Um, but it's a, it's a good segue in terms of talking about a tribute event, because now here we are doing something of a, I'd like to think, a tribute today. First and foremost, I, I'm going to ask you about what your personal dealings were, what, what you made of him in person when you met Dr. Fidus Naderi, and, and ask you a, a little broader questions mm-hmm. around what, you, what he meant to us as a community. But just first and foremost, from a personal perspective, how did, how did you react when you heard the news of his passing last week? Since uh, last week, uh, I am living with two feelings. Uh, in one way, I am so sad because... Uh, as an Iranian and as a humanity, to, you know, we lost a great figure of science and a great uh, human being. This is so sad. And at his age, you know, 77, it was so early for him because he was so sharp, Absolutely. So, yeah. so active. In the other hand, I am so lucky to live uh, in the era and the, uh, the person like him lived too. Mm. That was my t- 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 good feeling. And in general, I am so happy that because all of us, uh, one day or another, we are going, you know, we yeah. are living yeah. life. And uh, uh, he took a great and fabulous and respectful place in the history. For that reason, I am so happy for him. And I'm so happy for the, as, a, as an Iranian. Yeah. Mm. I like the way, I mean, f- first of all, I hope that's true. I hope that he will have the place that he deserves uh, in our history. I suspect that will be true. But sometimes I, uh, I'll ask you in a moment about how, we, how I feel about how, whether we appreciate some mm. of our icons enough. First and foremost, what, what can you say about how you, I know you met him a few times. You yeah. probably interviewed him. No, uh, you never no interviewed I him? haven't the occasion to interview him oh, yeah. because I met him uh, for five or six times in Toronto when he came here for the different occasions. Yes. Uh, two times for the Summer Festival of Tirgan, you yes. know, in t- uh, 2013 and 2019, last time. One time it was for the, an event of fundraising for uh, Iranica Encyclopedia. Yes. He was in the board member of the Iranica. 
and he came and uh, I talked to him, you know, to shortly, you know, to ask some brief question, but uh, uh, his uh, schedule is, was so busy mm -hmm. and uh, he hasn't time to uh, give me, you know, a time for an interview. I mm -hmm. love it because I had a lot of questions, you know, <laughs> to mm -hmm. ask him especially about the universe, about the life, yeah, about yeah. the space, because, you know, he worked in the sector. Uh, he was a dream for the millions and millions yes. people around the world. You know, every time if we want to dream, you know, we are looking to this space. Yes. And he was an expert yes. at this space. He was a researcher, you know, for life in the another planet on the in, uh, in the other spaces you know yes. in the, in, and in the far way on the universe and uh, he was interesting to, he i am sure he has the answers for a lot of questions and by the way i hosted that ironica fundraiser as well mm. you're going through all the events that i <laughs> that i have seen but but um uh, you mentioned the tear gone. Uh, he, he, I think he was the guest speaker or the chair or something in 2019. In the 2019, it was the honorary. Honorary, and he yeah. did this speech on the opening yeah. night yeah. that was spectacular. He was a very good orator. Absolutely. I mean, that's evidenced by the interviews Absolutely. I've done with him as well. He's he's just speaks so well, but Absolutely. he was quite inspirational to listen to. Absolutely, uh, he was especially during the past 10, 15 years. He became a good speaker and uh, someone who uh, gave the hope to the people to the audiences mm -hmm. that was a great that was not the case of any other scientist mm -hmm. you know we have the respectful scientists, great scientists but when you talk to to them you know to as a person you know okay that's yeah. okay but he was something plus you know he has some ability you know to talk about because when you I am I remember when I said hello to him you know he stand you know and he respond to you carefully not yes. like a celebrity you know you yes. say that yes. hello and he passed away there you are know, certainly people he in are the with, with a smile he passed quickly yes but he stand and uh, when I introduce myself to him he asked me question oh it is great because every time i have my camera to take a photo oh would you took the photo for the which media i explained to him and it was great it was very kind you yes, know yeah i i was gonna say i mean I th there are certainly people uh in the iranian um world uh who act like divas. He, some of them are not even no. worthy of uh, acting exactly. that way, but we have those. But he really wasn't like this. This is something that's been coming up over and over again throughout this show today, that uh, that he, he, as much of an icon as he was, exactly. especially in person, he carried himself very modestly. Very modestly. And uh, you, you had the feeling, you know, when you see him and you passed him from the way and you had the feeling, you know, he's a very close friend to you mm. and for t for all the people, you know, around him. That was the good person. That was the another aspects of her personality. And I think uh, during his uh, career as a scientist, when you put it, her, he was on the top of the, uh, you know, in the NASA. It yes. wasn't, you know, the simple organization yes, in yeah, the world yeah, and he was, a he was and the high-ranking senior manager in yes. the nasa and he ran the 
great project, you know, on the Mars, you know, yeah. that was. And apart these aspects of his knowledge in the science, and he was a very careful uh, philanthropist, mm. and he, he dedicated, you know, to the cultural event. You know, he was a supporter of the cultural, you mentioned it, you know, the Tirgan. I mentioned it, you know, I have to, to mention, you know, another events, you know. Uh, anywhere he could, he was the supporter of the cultural because he believed in the culture of his background. Well, let me ask you particularly about yeah. that then, because yes, I started the show with an essay today and talking about how he was very proud yeah. of being Iranian and American. Absolutely. You know, he was Absolutely. a proud Iranian American. Absolutely. Uh, and he never stopped talking about that. Uh, you're someone who's looked at the Persian community mm -hmm. and culture for years. You've been, as I say, a journalist for over more, more than four decades. Give us a broader sense, if you can, of of what the value of someone like Dr. Feeders Nadiri was and is yeah. for the Persian global yeah. community. You know, in the Iranian diaspora, when you immigrate from your the home, you know, from your country of uh, you born in, and uh, you are like a tree, you know, you take it up from the land and you try to replant it in the another. Yes. And this is the difficult. This is, du especially during the first year of your immigration, you have um, so many challenges. Yes. And uh, after that, if you success in your personal life, forever you have something missing in your mind because you are far from Iran, from your homeland. As much as Iran is inside of mm -hmm. all of us, but we are far geographically, you yes. know, physically we are far. We don't yes. know, we can't, uh, we can't uh, feeling, you know, the, uh, what's going on in the space of the, your yeah. street, your uh, neighbors, you know, your city, your family, within your friends. And that's the reason, you know, in the diaspora, every community in diaspora, I think they need uh, the icon, they need the role model to have uh, hope mm. to continuing mm. and uh, to be two person like a citizen, a good citizen, responsible citizen in the country you are living and don't forget your back home and keep in mind and keep alive your culture and distribute your culture, present your culture to others, you know, to, to the, to the non-Iranian yeah. where you are. Yeah. And Firuz Naderi was one of the role model, you know, in the top of that, in my opinion, because he, he gave us, you know, because he said one time, to, I think in, the, in an interview, or a person asked him, are you Iranian or American? Yeah. And he said, you know, like as uh, egg scrambled, you know. Yeah, yeah. I am Iranian yeah. and American in part. It is yeah. I can't divide it, you know. Yeah. That is the, the most important things. That was, that is what uh, all the uh, Iranian immigrants must be proud of the country they immigrate or they refugee on that. Yeah, and, and, and you look at someone like Marisad, who we just had on, you know, or before you here, a, a young guy who, I mean, you know, even when he was in Iran, knew mm -hmm. who Firuz Najari was and probably had some sense that he can be a guy that goes to NASA and does these kind of things because 
one of our community has done that. I mean, this is basic representation. That's why we say representation is so important, right? Apart this point, I want to mention it that, you know, since uh, 44 years ago, uh, most of Iranian, especially the Iranian outside Iran, we were ashamed a lot of occasion mm-hmm. from the uh, from the people that took power, you know, in Iran, from the manner and the sentences they announced in the international scene. Remember, you know, the the manner of uh, someone like Ahmadinejad. Of course, it was a shame. We were we were ashamed, yes. you know, and we sometimes we were furious about that. Yes, and uh, when you have some people like Firuz Nadiri, some people like Maryam Mirzakhani, yes. some people like uh, Yasamin Mogbeli, the first Iranian female astronaut, yes. you know, he's, she's preparing, you know, to going to the space uh, next year. And at that time, you stand up and you have the feeling of proud yeah. to be an Iranian. That is necessary. Maybe for, the, maybe for the Iranian inside Iran is not so important, yes. but for the Iranian in the diaspora is so important. That pride also was has been amped up in the last few months as we saw um, the global diaspora rally around these young Absolutely. people in Iran who were fighting for freedom, Absolutely. who were putting their lives on the line. And Dr. Fidesz Nadri was very outspoken and maybe this is a more difficult thing to talk about it you know in the aftermath of his death but not everybody liked that not everybody liked that he was outspoken he had people who would i mean you know he for example was not a fan of donald trump or he didn't you know (laughs) he he was associated they would say with certain groups or this or that or he gave a speech here and somebody didn't like it do do we uh how much of a problem is it in our community Mm-hmm. that someone who is an icon like Firuz Nadiri, when it comes to social media, is going to have to deal with people saying, yeah. who is this guy to be saying anything political, etc.? You know, the, the most important thing is not, you know, the impact, the real impact in today or to next month or six months. Uh, the real thing is how you can impact the history for the next five years, next 10 years. Okay. You know? And when uh, Firuz Nadiri, since last September, he stand up as a real and determined ac- advocate for the human rights yes. and for democracy in Iran, that was the great thing. That was an, a slogan. That was an, uh, you know, sudden uh, sentiment. He's yes. He continued, you know. He had the ideas for the future of Iran. I know that he has the project he worked on the project for providing the free internet to Iran. I don't yes. know th- the detail yes. of that. Yes. I know that I uh, heard recently, t- yesterday, I heard that you know he worked on a project for providing the water yes. in Iran, you know, and for the next Tirgan festival, I heard that you know he was to become to Toronto and he planned to have some interview regarding you know this project. Mm. And this is important. It's not doesn't matter, you know, if someone with the, f- the political sentiment, you know, and said, okay, Firuz Nadiri said on that occasion, you know, supported the Democrat Party in the um, U.S. or 
he said someone you know about the Rouhani at yeah. the time yeah. his election doesn't matter you know the most important thing is he was on the right way and he continued and he gave us the good idea and also as I said at the beginning of the show I would always rather someone like Firuz Nadiri mm-hmm. in that position with that platform to speak to to, to advocate Absolutely. to speak out you know I think that there's too many people who who are too conservative about Absolutely. you know oh, oh I've got this position I'm not going to say anything Absolutely. that way nobody will disagree with me and and good for him that he would you know he would try and lead us right I mean in the absence of uh, of a particular opposition uh, a figure or anything Absolutely. like that I am so happy you know he stand up you know for the uh, woman life freedom uh, movement in Iran and he continued until the last time he do you was. think we do a good enough job of appreciating what we have when it comes to some of the pillars of our community? Uh, no, I think uh, we, d- we, especially you and I as a media, you know, we have to work harder to present the people like Firuz Naderi, to emphasize, you know, their uh, achievements in their expertise and in other part of you know especially the person like him you know he he was an advocate how many people how many scientists Iranian scientists or Iranian expert Iranian artist in the international you know the scene you see who stand up for the woman life freedom Mm -hmm. movement so so few you know is it was the few of them and Firuz Naderi is one of the front leader of that um before i let you go you started the um our conversation by saying you had a um two different feelings you had a feeling of sadness at the passing of this great man that you admired and and a a feeling of you called you said you were happy you were happy to be living in the same period that feeders not was living and alive and active um which is quite a thing to say what what will you most remember about him uh his kindness and his uh, very clear mind, you know, and he, uh, his ideas for the future of Iran, the ideas he had for the democracy of Iran. That was the grateful, that was, I think, uh, he marked, you know, the history of the Iran and uh, the next uh, generation of the Iranian, they will remember that. And uh, yesterday, I think about that, Two days ago, it was the 10th anniversary of the Kiyan Pir- Pirfalak. Mm. You know, a boy, you know, he was killed. Yeah, he was a birthday. birthday. Yeah, he yeah. was the birthday, yeah. The 10-year-old. Yeah. And imagine if there was an occasion, Firuza Naderi and Kiyan Pirfalak met to each other. Mm. That was the great thing, you know. Yeah. Maybe Kiyan Pirfalak didn't know, you know, the, the, the achievement of the Firuz Naderi. But how many... He probably did. He, he, he was a smart kid. He, he knew Elon kid. Musk. And, yeah, yeah. and how many kids like Kian we have now actually in Iran? Yeah. We didn't know about them, you know. And this is the inspiration of someone like Firuz Nadiri gave to a nation. This is the most important thing of achievement of Firuz Nadiri. And he will stay forever in the history of Iran. And like like the astro the, the asteroid you know at the asteroid uh, on the his name you know he will stay forever we don't know that was the great 
Thanks for being here today. Thank you so much, Liam, for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Dr. Mohammed Tajdalati here in the Rook studio, and this is full time for Rook for today. Remember, for all things Rook related, head over to our website, rookmedia.com, R O Q E media.com. It really is the place to go check it out and see all of the content there previous shows, videos, funnies, different programming. It's all there, rookmedia.com, as well as how to support us. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Super Parisa, Talented Anahita, Smart Pega, Savvy Rohan, Bearded Omid. A special sound person. Thank you to all of you out there supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you've not done so already, already on any or all of our platforms. You can find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. Mizu Mushi.